Welcome back to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide athletics. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, joined by uh, Sports Illustrated All-American Director of Football Recruiting, John Garcia, Jr. John, a long time, no talk, man. How are you doing? And, uh, you know, as the cycle winds down, you know, d- does it feel like early signings the period's approaching? I know this cycle has been so weird, man. Weird is, is a good word for this 2021 class. Of course, the All-American Bowl just got canceled. It doesn't look like the bid period is going to change. So, yeah, the early signing period will be weird as well. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. But it definitely does feel like it is getting a little bit closer. You're starting to see a lot of top prospects either make decisions or start to accelerate their decision-making process, which is always a sign of, you know, hey, you know, high school seasons are starting to wind down in some places, and it, it's time to really focus on the next step and, and the next level, which obviously is, is college, and, and that's where recruiting becomes so fun. And, and it's been kind of rapid fire uh, over the last couple of weeks, and, and obviously there's there's still more fireworks to come. Yeah, you mentioned it. There's a lot of fireworks to come. And, two, you know, just one quick note on the early signing period. I feel so bad for these kids, right? I think earlier on in the process, me and you both thought, man, maybe they'll be able to get back on campuses for visits, things like that. And and that wasn't the case, right? And it's like, okay, well, maybe they'll push back their like, signing period. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. I, I just feel for these kids, to be honest with you, these seniors who are missing out on this because some of them are going to early enroll and some of them will take it to February, but not many, right, because that's really turning into not the traditional day we knew it once was. But I, I just feel for these kids sometimes, John. There's no doubt, Tyler. There's there's going to be a number crunch that we've we've never really experienced before. Not only see the college wants you to make that that signature in as soon as possible if they like you, um, and then you have this other group that wants to let their senior football season dictate where their recruitment may go. But on top of all that, not only is the transfer portal as wide open as it's ever been with with people getting waivers for frankly, purely football moves, which wasn't supposed to be the original, you know, case with that. But now, with everybody retaining a year of eligibility on the college level, how do these coaches or CEOs, for lack of a better term, deal with the roster management element of this? Uh, That's where things are even crazier than not having a recruiting visit or a campus visit or a camp visit throughout this 2020 season. It's really more about roster management. Is there going to be more stress on some of these programs and, and a little bit of, of conservative approaches here as, as we get closer to the traditional signing day where they say, you know what, let's not push for that final high school recruitment. Now we're still trying to figure out what our future options look like in 2021 and how these kids come in and assimilate towards that with every 2020 roster member retaining eligibility. It, there's really, it's never happened. So, it's really interesting to see how schools will push and or stop there's going to be a certain number of them that, that frankly get screwed by this. Yeah, numbers are crunching indeed. And one of the one of the teams where the numbers are crunching is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And originally a few weeks ago, Saban on his radio show when we were we were listening and we were headed up on the side, he he, he kinda of spilled the beans. He was like we have three spots left, and this is right what, you know, Alabama's sitting at 21 commitments right now. we got three spots left, and there's one kid who is announcing on Sunday, the 25th, uh, around 4 o'clock Central Time, and that's Quincy Kool-Aid McKinstry. We talked about him a lot before on here, John, but the time has finally come for Kool-Aid. 
you know, a nickname given to him by his grandmother for his infectious and spirit and attitude and always smiling. And he looks like the Kool-Aid man, I guess. But, um, but you know, it's his time, right? He's the number one player in the state of Alabama. He's in the top 45 for you guys over there on the SI99. And he's also a great basketball player, too, going to play basketball at the college level. But he's set to announce between Alabama, Auburn, and LSU – what you know, kind of, if you, you know, you're previewing this, John. What's gonna, what do you, I mean, not what you think's gonna go down at first, but kind of lay it out to us. How did we get to this point? Well, yeah, Jaquincy has been a dude in recruiting for four years. I mean, his freshman year, first time I saw him play, he there with Bo Nix, winning the first of of what would be a couple of state titles on the football field at Pinson Valley, and then as a junior, when he didn't win it in football, he won it in basketball. So you know. Kool-Aid is a winner and a dude and a guy. Whatever, you know, casual phrase you want to put on him, he is that. And when it comes to, you know, making a projection on him, this thing can go so many different ways. He is six foot one, 180 pounds or so, long-limbed, explosive on offense as a receiver, great ball skill, good after the catch, great feel and instincts with the football in his hands. On defense, again, long, rangy player. Uh, who, who can, you know, hit the high jump at the high point, hit the apex uh, against a, a wide receiver in, in those scenarios. Maybe he doesn't have as many reps on defense as, as he or I or, or Nick Saban or, or Gus Malzahn or Coach O would like, but the, the athleticism, the potential is really there for Kool-Aid as a DB or wide receiver. I think higher floor receiver, higher ceiling at DB, which is where we project him, which is where most colleges project him as well. And then, you know, a great basketball player on top of it, right? He's a scoring combo guard uh, who can obviously play laterally and, and really challenge you both offensively and defensively. So this kid is just a great athlete. You know, he's just a, a, an athlete. I wouldn't say he's a football player. I wouldn't say he's a basketball player or, or lock him into a position. This is an athlete, and that's why when you, when you factor in he's in Birmingham, he's won three state titles in high school, he's played all over the field in football, he's shined in basketball. I mean, it's no reason everybody's been all over this kid really for at least three years. It was after his freshman year where things really kind of picked up for Kool-Aid, and that's when he started to get the Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Clemson, Ole Miss. Like, he started to get every offer there uh, right around that, after that first state championship. Uh, And he really hasn't looked back. And he's always taken a very cautious approach to recruiting. It doesn't mean he didn't take visits. But he wasn't, the, you know, the kid who was taking a trip every weekend and saying, hey, blessed to have my 90th offer from, you know, Illinois, and, and kind of strutting like that socially or, or geographically in terms of making visits. So this has always favored local and semi-local schools. And, look, he's a defensive back. At the end of the day, there's a lot of good options in the SEC, but basketball was important to him. So, you know, originally the top five was Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Clemson. Georgia, Clemson, not a serious with the basketball stuff. So, again, anybody underestimating that element of this recruitment needs to take a step back and really think about it. Those two weren't as serious. Those two were cut by Kool-Aid. Uh, and, and they're both uh, sort of, you know, looking up at the top DB-type classes in this class of 2021, and they're going to miss out on Kool-Aid. So it's down to Alabama, Auburn, LSU, and really each school has had buzz in their own right. You know, the last time I saw Kool-Aid, which was in the spring, obviously before COVID shut everything down, this was really up in the air. He was talking about USC. He was talking about LSU and DBU. He was talking about Florida a little bit. It was, it was really all over the place. And then once we got into the pandemic preseason, all the buzz was on Auburn. The obvious connections, Pat Nix, Bo Nix, 
just the familiarity with Auburn, the Auburn family, which is what they sell of late, or really under Gus Malzahn, period. But then after the summer, and there was buzz that he was going to commit to Auburn like in August, but it was like the next day everything started to shift towards Alabama. And all of a sudden it was like the longer he holds off, the better for Alabama. Nick Saban is personally recruiting him. Bama's not taking a corner-heavy group, so they're really focused on Kool-Aid first. And all these sort of dominoes started lining up. Uh, Bama started to capture the buzz, and it started to, to make a, a lot of sense. Um, Alabama's got a, a safety-heavy DB class at this point. And we all know Nick Saban coaches corners himself. He's recruiting Jaquinty himself. Uh, these things really are, are sort of aligning for the Crimson Tide to, to pull in a big win, both perceptionally and, and I think, you know, athletically in McKinstry. Maybe not a day one impact type guy because he's so raw as a defensive back, but the potential for some down the line impact I think is immense here. Yeah, and just a couple more things on, on Kool Aid. One thing I love about him and I'm being able to see him live and in person this year, it's been a lot of fun. And the first game I saw him was the first game of this year. It was against Hewitt Trussell. He shined over hundred receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, really on defense, then he took away. I mean, they didn't even attempt to throw the ball his way. They lost. I'm already good one's a different story. He's the one who dictated that ball game. Um, but they really didn't even try to throw it his way. And then again, a game where, you know, he kind of defensively, I thought he, he proved himself to be legit was against Clay Trostle. He had about a 40-yard pick six in that game. And I was like, okay, well, the first time I saw him live was, okay, he showed off wide receiver abilities. And then, you know, the second time is like, okay, well, this kid's a legit defensive back, and you see the technique, you see it all. But one thing, just from talking to Kool-Aid, too, he's a kid who loves the moment. He loves having just fun. And he's just, a, you know, Kool-Aid's perfect name. He's just so infectious with his energy and his, and his spirit. And, and, two, like, one thing, I, for that Hewitt game, I remember going up there, and I was talking to him around Pinson, and they were like, oh, yeah, he, he's, there's a, there was a rumor going around that he could commit, like, on the field, like, before kickoff, right? Yep, he shows yep. up. He's got, he's got the Auburn gloves. He's got the LSU tile. And then at halftime, he actually switched to Alabama gloves. And so it was, I think it was that Thursday before his, first, his, his game when apparently um, is when, when I've been told and other people have been told that, hey, that's when Nick Saban said he was taking over it personally one-on-one because they realized that how – you know, of how big of a gift this is, right? And I also think, too, John, another aspect of this, and maybe not as much, but Alabama getting J.D. Davidson in basketball helps helps them out a lot, too, um, just because Kool-Aid wants to play basketball. Nate Oates has done a great job. Antoine Petway, Brian Hodgson, these assistant coaches as well, they've, 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 they've thrown that in there. And to be honest with you, John, there hasn't been a player at Alabama under Nick Saban who's played basketball, too, and it looks like Kool-Aid's going to be the first. Yeah, and just imagine that as a 17-year-old, you know, you're you're able to say, to hear that from a guy like Saban himself, I mean, that's got to be wild. That's got to be wild for for any athlete. Um, and to be SEC caliber in two sports is, is kind of wild. But, uh, yeah, we've seen Bama recruit guys who play football and other sports. And, and you know, they've run track, different things, but, but never basketball. So it could be, you know, truly historic. You know, anything recruiting related that is a first under Nick Saban at Alabama is a big deal. So, Kool-Aid could be a big deal in his own right, not only arguably the top player in the state, like you said, but a guy who could, you know, he would be ranked in the basketball rankings within state lines as well, which is it's just not something we, we really ever, ever see. So I think this could be big news for Alabama. I, I think if you lose Kool-Aid McKinstry from a Tide perspective, you kind of lose the state, right? You know, Dylan Brooks is committed to Tennessee. That looks more solid than we thought. You mentioned Goodwin at, at Hewitt Trussell. He's headed to Auburn. Lee Hunter, another top five type guy, 
He's headed to Auburn as well. So kind of the very tippy top of this class of 2021 headed elsewhere in, within state lines. Um, so I think perceptionally this is really big if Bama can lock in McKinstry because now you, you contend to not only, you know, you're going to have a higher recruiting class than all those other schools if you're Alabama, but they're still within state lines. There's still this, you know, who won the state? If Auburn gets Kool-Aid, Auburn won the state. Um, if Auburn doesn't get Kool-Aid, it's, it's a debate that begins with Alabama if he goes there. So I think that's, that's big in and of itself because one of the ways people recruit against Alabama is they say, hey, they're going to go get a kid from California and they're going to get another kid from North Carolina. They've got a kid committed from Michigan right now all over the map. You know, we, we want to recruit the best kids in Alabama. Auburn can say that. I mean, heck, Mississippi schools can say that. Georgia can come in and, and do something like that. But Winning the state is still important for perception. Now, look, Nick Saban don't care where Kool-Aid's from. If he was from L.A. or New York, he'd probably recruit him the same exact way. But when he happens to be a Birmingham guy, an in-state guy, it does mean a little bit more when it comes to perception. And as we know, in recruiting, perception is a very, very, very big deal from every single angle, right, whether it's the fans, whether it's the A.D., the coaching staff, the kids themselves, the people around the program. Other coaches, perception is a big deal in recruiting. So winning the state, I think, for Bama is, is a bit of a comeback, right? It, it didn't seem like that was possible six months ago, but here they are. If they they get the guy we think they're going to get Sunday, I think Bama wins the state um, and, and challenges for the number one class in the country on SI All-American. And really, what more could you ask for? Yeah, and like you said, man, locking up, putting a fence around the state per se, and, and putting a fence around Tuscaloosa, making sure you get those guys. And, and I mean, he's he's just going to go into a secondary class that's that's filled with a lot of dogs. Uh, Nick Saban talked about that on his radio show Thursday night. He said, "We want to recruit dogs, guys who have a competitive character about themselves and who want to do the right things on and off the field to be the best." Right? They've already got Kane Williams. They've got Kyrie Jackson. They've got. Um, they, you know, they, they've got guys in, in, in Kadarius uh, Callaway. The, so. the other Devontae Smith. Yeah, yeah, the other Devontae, the other Devontae Smith. Is, I was, I, Poor sorry, guy. I yeah, so Poor. Devontae Smith out of LaSalle, um, Kadarius Callaway out of Philadelphia, Mississippi, Kyrie Jackson, one of the top JUCO prospects, and then Kane Williams, right? So, I mean, this is, and if you add Kool-Aid, I mean, this is the icing on the top for a secondary class that, that, that needs it, right? I mean, they're really young right now in the secondary, too. I mean, there's guys like Malachi Moore, who's a freshman who's balling right now. But it's, it, it, it's almost a sense of the rich getting richer, per se. It is, and, and I think you're right. You know, this is a need, and I think this is both a short-term and long-term play. You mentioned uh, the junior college prospect, Kyrie Jackson. You know, that's a guy you expect to be that much more ready to contribute. Uh, but then you've got guys who are sort of either out of position or never have really focused on one position, not just Kool-Aid, right? Kane Williams, Devontae Smith plays both ways. So it's, it's really easier said than done. So you want to stagger it. It's almost like think, think of a quarterback room. You want your, your, your veteran who's your guy who's getting, you know, QB1. It's Mac Jones. It's Justin Fields. It's these guys. You know it's his team, but you want to stagger it behind him with talent in every single cycle. And I think in the secondary, you're, you're going to have to see that here pretty quickly, right? Pat Sertain is, is, is going to the NFL. He is a first-round type. Josh Job is playing like that so far this year. I mean, those are, those are your starting corners. So there's going to be a youth movement at some point at Alabama. So is it the JUCO guys? Is it the high school guys? And the good thing about it and, and why Bama's still able to recruit at such a high level is that all those guys are going to get the same exact chance, and that's something I know is really important to a guy like Kool-Aid. Like, like Saban said, he wants competitive guys. 
and it means those guys are going to have a chance to play. I mean, look at look at the defensive line. I mean, these young guys every single year basically vault over guys who have been there longer than they have, you know, and I don't think that slows down anywhere. That's the culture that Saban has created at Alabama, and that's why the best will play regardless of age. I mean, every title team has had, you know, a big-time young contributor. I mean, obviously 2017 was the epitome of that with Tua and Smitty and those guys, but that's what Alabama can sell. You know, that perception, the old perception of, hey, these freshmen go to Bama and they, they sit behind other elite prospects. Yeah, I mean, that might be the case for some, but it's not the case for all. So once once those groups started to buck the trend, there's really, you know, less and less things you could sell against Alabama. And, and again, that's, that's another thing that I think helps with Kool-Aid. Then Kool-Aid to announce at Pinta Valley High School in their auditorium, 415 on Sunday afternoon. I will be there. Uh, we'll have all the coverage on BamaCentral.com, Sports Illustrated All-American. We'll have that all for you guys. 4:15 Sunday afternoon, and hey, you know, Pinson Valley, right outside of Birmingham. If you're just you, you, you're nowhere else to be on Sunday afternoon, you're not watching football. Uh, Kool Aid's invited everybody. Uh, but John, as you go, got one last thing for you. So Xavier Story, he kind of teased a commitment coming soon. I know we me, me and you talked about this before, but you know there was a there's there's rumors going around him and Terry on Arnold package deal, right? Georgia, Florida, Alabama, uh, per se. They're really the three main schools in the mix there. So with a guy like Terry on for per se, who's a safety. Uh, you know, he's also announced that, you know, he's probably not going to commit until February. But with Xavier saying, hey, I'm going to I'm not push mine up a little sooner, does that kind of knock off the package deal type situation? Where, where Where's your read on that? Yeah, I, you know, I was in contact with each guy this week, and they kind of just point to each other. You know, they're they're truly friends. They're, they're, there's some playfulness at play here. Uh, there's some gamesmanship at play here. Because things are flip-flopping. Like a month ago, when we went to watch these guys play, Terry was talking about making a decision sometime pretty soon. He didn't really want to put too much of a ballpark on it. And then Sori was talking about making a decision in 2021, whether it be January or February. Well, now it's like it's flipped, right? Sori is saying something could come soon all of a sudden, and Arnold is still wishy-washy about committing anytime soon. So, when I reached out to Terry and Arnold, he said it was Sorry. When I reached out to Sorry, he said it was Arnold. So regardless of the timeline, I do still believe in their package deal status. Does it mean they're committing at the same time? I don't know. But I do still think it means they're committing to the same school. So whoever pops first, the other one is just going to be expected to pick that school, whether he does it the same day or whether he does it two or three months later remains to be seen. So I think it's a fun sort of gamesmanship and true, you know, friendly relationship between these two guys. Look, you know, these are these are two country kids from, from the panhandle of Florida who are going to enjoy the process. You talk about two guys who always have a smile on their face. It's these two, at least until yeah, yeah. They, they, they get on the field and play some defense, both really, really physical defenders. Um, so I think this is going to be very, very interesting. They both want to play – in the SEC, like you said, it's Bama, Georgia, Florida, maybe in that order. I've heard some Florida buzz recently, specifically for Arnold, but again, are they going to play at the same school? I still think today that answer is yes. I don't think that's a, a big deal for the schools out of state, Alabama and Georgia, because you, you got to get one of them to jump first, and theoretically the other one will follow. So that's going to be one of the more interesting recruitments to track the rest of the way, and Bama's right there in the thick of it. Yeah, you, you know, if we go what by Saban was saying, right, if we take it at face value, what he said a few weeks ago about three guys left, boom, you got Sorry, 
Arnold, and then obviously Kool-Aid. And then, too, you know, just to throw in a little bonus there, uh, potentially uh, to Miche Adelaide out of uh, out of Texas, right? He's down to Florida and in Alabama. It's going to be interesting to watch, John. It's going to be a fascinating stretch. You know, one of the weird, I mean, the weirdest cycle of all time, like we talked about earlier. Appreciate you coming on here um, and just sharing some insight as we prepare uh, for the biggest commitment in the state of Alabama this cycle. Yes, sir. We know you'll have all the great coverage, and we'll be uh, happy to share it. Awesome. Well, appreciate you, John. And for John Garcia, I'm Tom Martin. This has been the All Things Bama Podcast. Hey, John. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going. You doing all right? Yeah, yeah. Just trying to keep up with a little bit of everything. How about you? Yeah, man, it's been good. I know it's been a minute since we talked and everything, but I uh, just wanted to check in. And I wanted to do like a uh, – because some other stuff that fell through this week that I had, and I was like, all right, well, I wanted to get like a preview of uh, Google Kenzie's, you know, commitment for tomorrow. I mean, I know it's on Sunday, but wanted to get a preview up on the site tomorrow um, just about that. So I appreciate you doing it on such short notice. Yeah, no problem. Okay, cool. Um, let me go ahead and make sure this is recording. It's just going to be really quick for the podcast, actually. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I know. I know you want to get back to the debate, man. I know it's riveting. <laughs> yeah, not quite. No, it's yeah, it's a nice little distraction. This and from that. Awesome. <clears throat>